Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number thirty-two, and I'm joined by my fellow podca- podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello. How are you guys? Hello. I am good. I um. How are you, Simon? Uh, Cheeser. Uh, I'm really good. Um, sun's out. Um, the weather's the weather's on the weather's on the change. Um, Liverpool can score in the first half of a game. Um, the world looks a different place. Yeah, it's all exciting, isn't it? I've tried um, my I've tried my first vegan meat this week. Ah, might never go back. What was the What was the circumstances? What did you have? So we've had like because we've been off, we've been um, we were sent like um, like a oh, what's the word like a coupon for like you know a HelloFresh boxes. So we've been we've had we had one of them delivered about three weeks ago. Um, and we all you, you, should, you should have ate it by now. Oh <laughs> yeah, well yeah, and then because we liked it so much, we we've, we've been getting one every week. So this was the first week that we kind of picked something we'd not eaten before, um, and one of them was um, what were the uh, tostadas? It was beef tostadas. Obviously, it was vegan vegan beef or whatever it was, but it, it was really nice. Really enjoyed it. So um, we've got some vegan burgers and vegan meatballs to try this week, and we'll 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 see what we'll see where we get with that. What did the kids think, and did you tell them it wasn't real meat? No, it, it was it, it was seasoned a, a, probably a bit more. There was like some like chipotle paste on there as well. It was like it was it was more Mexican. You couldn't really tell because it was like almost, it was like a Mexican dish. It wasn't like we'd put it in la, la, a lasagna that actually normally makes or something like that. So you, it, I said to her, "We've got some this week, or we're going to get some this week." Putting what we would normally like, how we would normally cook a lasagna, and see if we can tell the difference. If we can't tell the difference, then it might just be something that we just do. That we just changed to. I didn't really. It didn't really make. Didn't really. Didn't really taste different. It didn't, it it, it tasted, it didn't we'll all be vegan in twenty years' time because it, it's getting better, isn't it? The vegan options. Well, I never would have thought we would have looked at the vegan, the the vegan. Well, I say the vegan meat in 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 Asda, but we we bought some this week, so we'll wait and see how we get on. So we don't know. We've got vegan burgers to have for, t- for tomorrow's dinner. So you never know. You just never know. We'll tell you see. a food thing that happened to me this week. I, well, whenever it was, a few days ago. Uh, I'm I'm just sat at home, and then Blinders told me there was a package coming. Um, so I get a knock on the door, and the guy he sort of left the package outside, and then ran back into his van, and just kind of waved at me. So <laughs> picked the package up, brought it inside. I didn't really think much of it, and I saw it. It wasn't my name on it. Um, or Blinders. Um. And so, no. yeah, and it was like I can't remember what the name of it was now, but it was some kind of pizza place. But it was like one of those. It was clearly, clearly like a sort of, um, like from a restaurant sort of ordering. You've got to heat it up yourself type thing. It was oh, in this like kind of a box. like a DIY DIY kit type thing. Yeah, yeah. So I give them a call, which I, Blinda was quite panicked about it. But I was I I thought result. But I thought, I will give them a call. That's the honourable thing to do. And I call them, and the, the woman says, oh, we've clearly sent it to the wrong place. Uh, we'll have to send out another one. You might as well keep it. Oh, result. Yeah. So I'm like, result. And then about 20 minutes later, this guy appears at my front door, and he's like, I think you've got my package. Oh, no. No, Yeah. And Blinder had Googled it, and it like it cost like forty nine quid. This thing is this pizza thing. Forty nine pounds for pizza. Well, I mean, it, apparently it is really nice. She said she'd been thinking about it for a while. I can't remember where it's from, but I, I think it. So it, basically, they do a box that we think it must have been, and it was like pizza and wine or something. But, but I never opened it, so I don't really know what they don't really know. So I gave it to the guy, and I was like, "Oh, they said they might send you out another one." And he was like, "Oh, if they do, I'll bring you something round." But I never saw him again. Oh no! And he lives at number forty-nine, doesn't he? So we throwing throwing eggs at his window. You should have said, um, "Oh yeah, I have it," but my my dog's been at it a little bit before I got to it. So well, don't know, the... I don't know if you still want it, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing because that's why I thought that's why I was confident they'd let us keep it. From the restaurant side, because I figured it's not very COVID safe for the restaurants coming 
collect stuff from somebody else's house and then just hope it's still COVID secure, isn't it? Why? Do you remember what the name is of the parcel? That's the thing. I'm trying to desperately trying to remember what it was called. No, I mean, do you remember what the person's name was on the parcel? Oh, uh, no. Oh, I know. How did, he, how did he know to come to you, though? So they, they, the man had taken it, the guy that had delivered it had taken a picture of it. Oh, right. Outside my house. And then the guy who should have had it, he then gets a notification saying, we've left it outside your house. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's not the restaurant that has delivered it. It's like DPD or MS or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I, think he, I mean, maybe he realised that he put the wrong number in. So he's, I live at 39 and he's, he lives at 49. Oh, right. I was going to say, you, you can remember what the name was on the order number. You should have rang up and just said, oh, we've, we've actually changed the dress. We live at number 49 now. So when you send that <laughs> other one back out, we make sure you send it to the right address. <laughs> I'm not sure if I ordered food, though, like a DIY kit like that, and it got sent somewhere else, that I would actually trust. That I haven't opened it or anything. Yeah. I suppose it, it was only 20 minutes, though. Yeah. I, think I mean, I suppose. What, what time did it get delivered? About one o'clock. I mean, that's dinner time, so you could have. No, that's the thing. We made the decision we'd have it for tea. Yeah, that, that is proud. That's that's and like it's not like ten o'clock in the morning when your pizza kit's been delivered. You're not really going to touch it, are you? But one o'clock, that is pizza's an afternoon snack, isn't it? An afternoon. But the chances are, if he's been if it's been DPD, you know what they're like. They'll send, oh, your parcel will be here between twelve forty-five and one forty-five. And if he's got a notification that it's been delivered, like what he's waiting for it at one o'clock, he's like, "Where's my pizza? Like, I, I need to get into it, and I want to get want to get it in the oven." Well, I'd, I'd be phoning. I'd find out where he works, Simon, and phone his boss and say <laughs> he's been coming out when he's been working from home. He's been, been having you on. <laughs> Good tip. Yeah, there you go. Have you been up to Ross? Well, I haven't got any food stories. I feel if I would have known that was the, if I would have known that was the theme this week, I would have. <laughs> I tell you, unsurprisingly though, a package arrived tonight, so it is kind of similar. Guess what was in it? It's got to be a board game. Not just <laughs> it's always a board game. <laughs> it's either a board game or a new keyboard or a grand not, piano. Not not just one board game. <laughs> not even two board games. Not even three games. Four oh, games. Man. Four games I got today. Four games. Wow. And one. There's not that, not that many left, is there? Oh, it's hundreds still. <laughs> one. One that came today is a is a it's called Flam Rouge, which is a cycling race game. So it's sport related too. There you go. All links. Oh, that's something for us. We could do a podcast with that on after the 29th, couldn't we? Yeah. The rules aren't very big either. It says, in 2017, it was the family game of the year, the gamer's choice in Finland. So if the Finnish love it, then it must be good. And they, I imagine in Finland, long dark winters, you're staying in a long, you're spending a lot of that winter inside playing board games, aren't you? So they're probably... Exactly, exactly. Good good judges. Mm. How's how's the running been going, Ross? Uh, So I didn't, I've not been for a week. Oh, Maybe. right. I thought you'd say you've not been at all. No, <laughs> it's hard, though, isn't it? It's tough. I'll tell you what I do notice. Um, the amount of things that wobble that didn't used to wobble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one thing that's really got to me. That should be that should be on the census, shouldn't it? Like, what, what currently wobbles? <laughs> anything, anything extra started wobbling in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's uh, yeah. Well, it's not been great. I've got round, not very quickly. I've all got round, but then the season's starting again in a few weeks. And I tell you, this is actually news. So we've got sixteen games left in our league season, uh, but the league starts, and between the league starting and the pitches not being available over summer, we've only got eight weeks. Oh, that's a grueling schedule. Well, so the league's plan is for any team that you've not yet played and you've got to play home and away fixtures, um, instead of like doing midweek games, we're going to play double-header games, right? So instead of that meaning that you play one game and it's, for, it's a six-pointer or it's a two-pointer, for instance, 
what the league have come up with, considering everyone's not done any exercise for three months, is that uh, when you play these double headers, you'll play two 60 minute matches, one after another. Against the same team? Against the same team. So you'll play, so you'll... You'll play four halves of 30 minutes, basically. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Which, which, which then means what I thought say you play the first game, you get beat 7 0. You know, we go again, lads. We go, nil, nil. Right, start again. <laughs> We're all demoralised <laughs> from the first game, but it's nil, nil now. The game might change. It's not going to happen, is it? Well, if you're three nil down in half time in the first game, second half, you just got to be thinking, how do we tie them out for this next game? We've we've lost it, but let's just try and keep play a bit of possession football and just tire them out. Surely. I mean, I, I, even when I'm so trying. It, even when we're trying, we can't play possession football, Simon. So how are we going to do that so, when we get beat three now? So you just, just kind of yourself. you just kind of so you don't play like continuous hundred and twenty minutes, or there is like some sort of oh we won this we won this first sixty minutes one nil we're going to start again nil nil and off we go. Is that how it's going to work? Or you so basically you play you play a half and you have like a five ten minute break like you'd have half time. Then you play another half. Then you'd have another five ten minute break. Start the new game. Then you'd have played half and then you play another five ten five ten minute break and then play another half. It, Oof. But is that all? That's only for the teams you've not played twice, though, isn't it? You've, you've, yeah, you've but we've only played four games, so we've only played four teams. So most oh, of the teams, wow. <laughs> and most most other teams have played more games than us in the league. So we're really at. A, oh what? yeah. So uh, as much as I'm looking forward to playing football again, I am not looking forward to that. So we'll see. But yeah, there we go. And I don't feel like running around Eaton Park for half an hour is really going to cut it either to get me get me prepared for two hours worth of football. I went for a walk around Eaton Park earlier. It was lovely. Did you find somewhere new? No, no, just 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 the, all the old places, all the old favourites. Yeah. So, what are we talking about, Cheesy? Um, so it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, but we've got there's plenty to talk about. So we've got um, some news at Manchester United. We'll talk about Manchester United Liverpool's weeks, um, and we will also talk about the cricket. So we are fully into um, the T20s. Um, did we did we touch on the did, it, did we have the last game of the Test series while we were off or it was around that time, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. So we'll we'll touch on that as well, um, and then uh, so we'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast, and we're going to kick off with um, well, the last kind of two weeks uh, of Manchester United. So there was the Europa League game, uh, the fantastic win uh, in the derby, uh, and then the game at the weekend, Ross against West Ham. Yeah, uh, I mean, good. I mean, all in all, good couple of weeks. Uh, the unexpected win against City, which was absolutely. Brilliant performance. Then we had Milan, which was a bit of a come down, um, especially in the result as well, being one all, not seeing it through to the end, conceding in the 90, 90 odd minute. And then uh, just a solid performance against West Ham to pretty much secure a top four spot and not have to worry about that. So, yeah, not bad, all in all. What did you think, Simon? Were you surprised at the winner city? I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. Oli, to be fair to him, has a very good record against uh, Manchester City and Pep. And every single time, we, it was a cla- one of those classic things where every single time we play him, we play, we sort of sit in and play deep. They press us and, and you know, and then we just hit the ball over the top. He, he always just plays his fastest attackers, sits deep, hits it over the top to them. And then, you know, and City fall for it every time. So you get, and, you, you know, it seems to be almost like a point of principle now that Guardiola won't change the way he plays against United. So they, they just, the same thing happens every time. So you, you always kind of fancy we have a chance against City. I mean, the way they were playing, I just assumed... I, I thought it was going to go one or two ways. That United would nick it 1-0 with a very... Like you say, there'd be lots of um, throwing your body at things and blocking things. And we'd end up sneaking a goal on the break. Or... City had just walk away with it and score six or seven. But it ended up being that United... I mean, I know you say we played on the break, but there's times in the second half where we we bossed it. We, like, we, were, we were in control of the game for large spells of it, weren't we? 
Well, yeah, and even Martial's playing well. I think on the last podcast we were touring for Martial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I don't even remember. inspired, wasn't he? When the team news came out and Martial was playing, I was like, oh no, why? We, why? What's happened? Why are we doing that? But no, he, he played really well. It was a big surprise, to be honest. But then this, and then uh, we... that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? That we play that well against City, the best teams, and then we we've not got that consistency yet of. Although, I mean, it was good to grind out that result against West Ham. I mean, West Ham just turned up such negative football. They're having a really good season. <coughs> and it was, you know, 14 men behind the ball. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a spectacle. Stuff. It wasn't a spectacle. No, and United seems to be down. Not as many attackers as they'd like. A lot of injuries going around. But Diallo... The young lads come in and, and played well a couple of times. So I think that's been the other sort of big positive for United. Yeah, because he got his first goal against Milan, uh, didn't he, during the week as well. So that was a that was a positive with that. Javier Hernandez inspired backwards header. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so it'd be, it's, just, it's just been a good week. I mean, the Milan games this Thursday, isn't it? Do you think, well, do you think we should progress through that? I don't know. I, I was actually quite impressed by Milan in the first. I thought they were a lot better than us in the first game. Um, I think we're going to have players come back from injury. I think this total Pogba might play. Zlatan apparently is going to play for them. So I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we got knocked out. I think that AC Milan team looked better than other AC Milan teams have looked in in recent years. So are they so we'll still, see how it goes. Are they still top of the league? No, I don't think they are. But I'm not sure. Um, I was going to ask Simon. Now that do you agree that top four is pretty much guaranteed with the victory over West Ham? I mean, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed, but yeah, I think, I think we're in a really good place. And I think the thing is, you sort of you don't see a team sort of that are currently fifth or lower really putting it putting a strong run together, do you? Like, and that's why we're as, well, the reason I kind of feel quite confident about it is that. I don't necessarily think we're going to have to... It's not like we're going to have to really smash and it's going to be super tight over the next 10 games. You do just see, you know, Chelsea drop points at the weekend, Arsenal, um, what are the Arsenal, Spurs, you know, Arsenal did get a win, but, you know, Spurs drop points. Um, you know, Liverpool are still inconsistent. You feel like West Ham and Everton will fall away. So... And for that reason, I'm kind of confident we will get top four. What, what do you think? No, I, I, I'm pretty confident that's... Yeah, we will get it. Which leads me on to my next question then. Thinking that top four is almost almost assured, do you think then that that puts more pressure on Solskjaer to actually win a trophy this season? Yeah, if we get through against AC Milan, I think that this thing about us losing in the semi-finals is annoying, isn't it? So I sort of feel like if we get to another semi-final, there will be a bit of pressure on him to... So, you know, depending on how the draw falls, to, to actually kick on and, and do something. And then I, uh, thought, I, I thought the game against Milan, though, could have quite easily been the final. There's not many teams left of... I mean, I know that Milan are not, they're not the great... They're not the team they were, but there's not many teams that... Have, especially with the season they've had as well, where they were obviously they've been top for most of the season. There's not many teams better than Milan is still left. Uh, no, I think no. That, that was probably the worst draw, wasn't it, for this round that we could have got. So, yeah, so there are going to be some teams that lose. So, if we did get through, you would feel relatively confident that we've seen. But, then, I mean, I mean, in the past, we've, we've, beat, we've beat some of the bigger teams in earlier rounds. And, like you say, we get to the semi-final and it seems to be a bit of a, a thing hanging over us at the minute, doesn't it? Um, I mean, also looking ahead, this weekend we've got the FA Cup against Leicester. So, you, again... If we get through that, then the only real team left in it is City, isn't it, that you would be concerned about, Simon? Yeah. I mean, do you think the quadruple's on for Manchester City? Uh, I would have said, yeah, if United would have beat... If City would have beat United, then I would have said, yeah, but I think... I think they've proved... I think just we prove that you you can have you can have a great day against them and they, you, they are still follow They are still... And to do with quadruple, like, it is... I mean, I remember a couple of seasons ago, we said, like, it, it was on, it was on, we can't see anything happening, we can't see anyone beating them, and then it all kinds of fall apart, didn't it? I think just that many games and that much pressure and expectation does actually take its toll in the end, doesn't it? So They do overthink things when they get to 
quarterfinals of the Champions League, don't they? Mm. You know, Pep always plays some mad formation or something, doesn't he? Yeah. I kind of feel like they don't, when they get to the final, they don't lose. That's, I mean, it's, it's, I can't remember, I can't remember, I don't think there's been any, there's been no teams that have beaten them in a final. Whenever they've got knocked out, they've got knocked out in the semi finals before now. I didn't, so I kind of feel like if you get them in the next, you're probably more likely to win if you play them in the semi final than you are if you play them in the final. I'm not like I sound a bit strange with the United semi final recent record, but you kind of feel like for a final that they wouldn't, I don't necessarily know that they'd lose. I mean, the thing is, in the Champions League, they're still by Munich, which are a very, very good football team. PSG, although the they're not, I mean, they dominate the French leagues all the time, but they're not quite. I know they got to the final last season, but they've still got some great, like Mbappe, you would always back him to score, wouldn't you? And especially with Neymar, they've got enough to cause, do what United do and cause. Ca- well, uh, what, did, the- what, did, what did United do that City, that nobody else has done for the last however many weeks? Apart from uh, score, score after three minutes. I think we, yeah, scoring after 30 seconds was probably the, the biggest thing, really. Get winning that penalty. And then that gives you a bit, that gives you a platform, doesn't it? I mean, I know that's not a tactic of right. If we don't score within the first thirty seconds, we have to change everything. But no, but no, but there's a there's a case of how many teams will have gone to City and sat off and think, well, actually, we'll just wait and see what City do. Whereas you, yeah, but I think I, I just think it plays into it played into United's hands because City concede early, then they have to they have to come out a bit more. Not that they wouldn't have come out anyway, but that's what United want them to do to hit them on the break. So then, because that was United's game plan to have that goal, which was. I mean, it was definite penalty, but you you never expect to get a penalty. It's not something you plan for. So to get it that early, then it just played into United tactics. And as like Simon says, we've seen in the past that Solskjaer's got a decent record, and we've we've done this time after time against him. It just it was one of those days where everything just went right for United, and it just kind of fell into place. But like I say, on a different day, United don't get that penalty, or and then City could quite easily dominate the ball and score two or three in the first half. And then you, you're talking about a different game, aren't you? So. But yeah. Anything else on United, Simon? No, I think we're, we're in a good place. Oh, the last thing, which we've not mentioned, is the new uh, appointments upstairs. Darren Fletcher and John, what, how do you know perhaps his name? Murtor? Mur- Mur- is that right? Oh, I've not seen it written. I can't remember how, how it's spelled now. But yeah, so I mean, the sort of new appointments, but of people that are already there. So it sort of seems to be more of a like formalising of their roles, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. I think our transfer policy in the last few years has actually been quite good. And if these are the two guys that have kind of been sort of steering that ship, then I think United are right to to not get an external candidate who's going to come in and kind of with their own ideas and rock the boat, and you know. If these are the guys that are identifying the likes of Bruno Fernandez, then you know, yeah, empower them and, and give them, uh, and, and yeah, put put them in charge. Yeah, I I agree. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So so what? So they've got so they're sporting director and director of football, or and one's a technical director and one's a football director of football. Is Darren Fletcher the director of football? Yeah, Darren oh. Fletcher. Yeah. But I think I, I, from from what I've read, their roles aren't all encompassing, so they don't they don't assume total control of one side. So they're just a part of the jigsaw, really. So I, I still think Solskjaer has an input in everything. It's not that all of a sudden Fletcher's gonna gonna buy the play. Yeah. Like in other clubs where Fletch, like the sporting director buy or whoever buys the players, and then they, you have yeah. to work with whoever they buy. I still think Solskjaer has the input. So it's not quite it's not quite that to that level, but. Yeah, it just I makes... always think with these things. So when it gets to the point where you're having to like really formalise who's doing what, that's when you know it's gone wrong in a way, and you kind of hope that it all kind of works quite collegiately, and them all contributing, and you know things aren't just happening, and Solskjaer's left with Donny Van der Beek not knowing what to do with him, and equally, you know, yeah, it's, it, I sort of feel like once you get to the point where you're having to like formalise who's doing what. That means there's probably been a breakdown in communication at some point. Yeah, possibly. Or then maybe it's just I don't know, maybe Woodward's actually delivering on what he said he'd do however many years ago. And he's found two people that have started doing the role and they've, they've done it quite well. So it might as well take that. Maybe maybe it's just a case of we'll take the other responsibilities that they had and, and 
this is kind of extra and we'll just we'll just push them into the extra things that we're doing that they've, they've clearly been quite good at. So it uh, yeah, doesn't sound too dissimilar to Solskjaer. So they gave Solskjaer a chance and then they gave him the job and it sounds like they've given Fletcher and Murter a chance and they've given them the job. So you, you kind of have to kind of wait it out. Cheesy, do you, um, do you wish Liverpool had an Ed Woodward character? Think you're missing an Ed Woodward? Uh, in what type of... How do you mean? Well... I, I sort of feel like United and Liverpool are in a similar situation in so much as, unlike City and Chelsea, we haven't really got a rich owner. We've got owners that sort of take money out of the club, don't put it in. Yet United have been able to spend a lot of money in the transfer market in recent years because we've really raised our revenues. Edward was very successful at making money for Manchester United in terms of signing sponsorship deals around. Liverpool, also a global brand, don't seem to be as successful at doing it. But then, isn't isn't next year the year we're supposed to overtake United on revenue? Is it? Oh, fair enough. What, even, all back. even being out of the Champions League? Even being out of the Champions League. Oh, so, the, no. so, the, so the Nike deal that we've got, I think, is structured differently to the way that a normal deal would work. So it's, it's from what I've led to believe, United get £75 million a year from Adidas. Oh, well, that no, because it's all dependent on where United finish in the league and what competitions they're in. Yeah, well, but yeah, but that's top end, isn't it? Because if they didn't get, if they don't qualify for the Champions League for two years in a row, it goes down to 50 or something like that. But they won't get more than 75 million from what I'm led to believe. That's top end of it was a 750 mil, 50 million pound 10 year deal from what I can remember. Whereas Liverpool's, yeah. instruct, Liverpool's instructed differently to how much merchandise they actually sell. So the way that it's supposed to work out is that Liverpool, oh, because I mean, twenty percent extra. I'm not, I'm not being Liverpool going to struggle then because they're all nick it, won't they? <laughs> yeah, won't be selling anything. No. <laughs> so if, you, if you're so good at raising revenue, how come you can only afford rubbish players like Thiago? Uh, I don't know. You know, I have no idea. We did only sign the night so, last year. But you're not so effective in the transfer market. No, apparently not. I, I mean, a bit, big apparently thing. That, that, that transfer policy for the last four years that everybody lauded over, it's apparently it's not the greatest thing. And we, we buy one player, I think, that's not particularly, or it's not fitted in very well, I should say. Um, Which one's that? Minamino? Um, Cater. Were you talking about Cater? <laughs> not, not really, no. The other left back. Were you talking about uh, the other left back, whatever he's called? It might have been a Riga. Oh, Rigi. Oh, yeah. Shakira, is it Shakira you're talking about? What do you mean, Shakira that scored those two goals against United? <laughs> I mean, we could all talk about players who weren't prolific but scored against rivals like Diego Fallen. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> Serious question, though, Cheezer. Obviously, uh, Liverpool's form had dipped drastically. You've got a couple of wins now. Um, Top four is looking unlikely. Uh, what do you think will happen with players next season? Do you think they'll stay? Do you think, oh, there's already rumours of Salah leaving. Do you think Salah will stay? But I think there was already rumours about him leaving last year. But do you know, I think Klopp's kind of bit like with his comments about if uh, players only want to be a Champions League, then he doesn't want them anyway. Do you not think that's a, not think that's a statement of there's this a bit of something swirling mm. in the back? Not necessarily. I think you'll you take the you you if you if how many times have you said that if you don't want to play there you don't if the player doesn't want to be there then he doesn't want to be there. No, I, I yeah I agree. So but then, if someone wants to be there for Champions League, then that's fair enough. We'll take we'll take the money and then they can they can go because they don't want to they don't want to play to get back there. Then what's the point in them being there? No, but I tend to think that that statement gets more used against right players coming in as opposed to players that are already there like Salah and uh, everyone that's there has won the league and won the Champions League like is there not a is there not a bit of loyalty that well if you turn if every every relationship ends sooner if you turn around and go actually I don't want to play the, well I don't even want to play I don't want to play for a team that doesn't want to play in Europe that's not going to play in Europe then... have you told uh, have you told Ashley that your, your attitude is every, every relationship ends eventually <laughs> <laughs> No, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I shouldn't have said every football relationship will end. Every relationship ends eventually, and I'm taking the chair. That, 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 that is your attitude, isn't it? 
if you don't provide me a, sh- a shed every summer season. <laughs> if, I can't, if I can't do my DIY projects, it's all, it's all, it's over. But do you think the attack needs freshening up? I think it started last year. I think the the I think the one thing that we've missed over the last three months has been Jota. He's he's coming and scored a goal on on Monday night, and we got a very scrappy win. But I think the I think the the building blocks were in place to kind of uh, to, for it to kind of happen last year. I mean, they were never. I, I mean, we we've talked, Tottenham have had this problem for the last however many seasons that who is going to come and play behind Kane? Who is who is ultimately going to come and play? Behind what was one of the most feared front three in in world football and f- football last year, Jot is obviously coming in. Decided he wanted he wanted to go, and he's done he's done really really well, and probably kicked Firmino down the road. But everybody's all of a sudden going, oh well, this team's been together for four years and not made any changes. But then whenever whenever it's decided that a change is made, it's like oh, it's the end of the world. It's like well, it it will it will evolve. I mean, it doesn't really help that Firmino and Mane and Salah are all roughly the same age. I think. So I was 29, Mane's 29, Firmino's, I think, nearly 30. So eventually it will have to come to an end and they're not going to be as athletic as they were potentially in previous seasons, which is why the, the fitness might have dropped off recently. So I think it will it will be one of those things. I think at the beginning of this season, we signed somebody, with the exception of not signing a centre-half, um, they signed somebody to backfill the, the, the front three um, and we find somebody to help break down defences and what for what and it's not worked. It's not and, and all my answer, the Tiago thing's not worked. Um I still don't necessarily think he's a bad player and not somebody that we needed to sign, but from what everything that's happened this season it, it it's not worked and he, he he's not had really had a chance to settle. If by the end of I don't know, by the end he, he's had a whether he gets a summer off or obviously with the Euros and whatnot, what happens next season. But if he's still this into next year then by this time next year then you kind of have to think well actually it's not worked but I think it's different when if we decide I don't know we spent oh, £80 million pound on him and it's not worked but ultimately we've signed him for what £5 million pound this year £5 million next year £5 million and £5 million the year after so it, it might be a gamble but it's not an expensive gamble and the same with Minamino it, 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 alright it, it looks to be a gamble he like a world beater when he played against us a few years ago in the Champions League they took a hit on him, sped £7 million for him. It's not worked. And he's coming back next season. Will he be a different player or not? I don't know. You know so, what? Um, I, watched I, Bri- I watched Brighton Southampton at the weekend. You know what made me laugh? I assumed that Minamino, well, I, don't, I might be wrong, but kind of came in as like a Lallana replacement. But then they both ended up playing in the, in the South Coast derby of Brighton versus Southampton. <laughs> um, I think he was more brought in for the Firmino role. I think he was brought in to, to kind of be understudy for him, but it, it's just it's just it's just not it's just not worked for whatever reason. He just decided he didn't want to play him. He might not have been ready. I don't, I don't know. I've not I've not watched any of the Southampton games. So I don't know how he's been playing. I know you said he scored he scored a, a couple of well, he scored a couple of goals or our goal for, for Southampton. So it, it's just not worked, and for whatever reason, that that he's just been part of that team this year that's just dropped off, and he's not been able to come in and change things. So. If it, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not. I mean, go back to the classic wall, Andy Carroll of thirty-five million pound, and that definitely didn't work. But so, as uh, as a Liverpool fan now, have you almost wrote this season off, and you're already thinking about next season, or you still got I think, some kind of I, I, expectations? I think, for... I, I think it. I think a lot will depend on the Champions League. There's there's potential for. Um, the Porto get through, so it depends how the draw goes. I mean, we could end up getting Bayern Munich and, get, and probably on the wrong side of a ten nil aggregate um, score. But I mean, we didn't look that bad when we played Leipzig uh, the other day. To be fair, we didn't look that bad when we played Leipzig in the in the first round. So whether or not that's the players have kind of lifted the game a little bit for that, I'm not sure. Um, and like. I mean, the win on on Monday was great. It was nice to finally get a a, a Premier League win after after quite a while. Um, so we'll, we'll, I don't. We'll just have to wait and see. I think it popped up on the screen. I think Chelsea are five points ahead. Um, I think West Ham have got a game in hand, and they're a couple of points ahead of us. So I, I was when you said you'd played West Ham, I wasn't sure if you if you played them on um, on Monday night as well. I wasn't sure. So um, I think they've still got they've still got a game in hand, but we're still going to play. We're still going to play you guys again. Um, I think we've still got to play Arsenal. We've still got to play Aston Villa again. Um, 
So we'll just have to wait and see. We've got this weekend off because obviously we're not in the FA Cup. Then there's, a, then there's a, the internationals for a couple of weeks. Um, I think I read somewhere a few weeks ago as well that we might have a bit of an issue when the Brazilian players come back um, about quarantine. So I don't know if that's going to apply. If that still applies or will apply, I would imagine it probably will. Yeah, Jude, uh, Jude Bellingham's not going to join up with the England squad, is he? The uh, Bruce Dortmund player. So I think they, obviously there's Alisson, Fabinho and Firmino if they go and play for Brazil. And I think I think they're playing in Brazil, I'm not sure, but obviously with the situation in Brazil at the minute where I think they had 3,000 deaths today. Um, I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Like, I mean, you would think that players got on international duty, similar to like what... Um, Cricketers are. They've been biosecure bubbles, so there would be no issue for, unless there was a confirmed. I, th- I just think it's madness we're playing international football at the moment. Yeah, I think it's crazy we're playing international football. I don't, I don't, I don't, it just seems. You know, that, just seems yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that. Yeah, it's madness. Why? What's the need on the risk? What's the What's the need to set the risk? But if you're gonna do it, presumably you have to do it so it's as secure as possible. So there isn't a need for. Do you know what I mean? Like. So, and yet, so many football stadiums have kind of either a hotel attached or next to it, don't they? Yeah. So you sort of feel like you can just fly them in, drive them straight to the hotel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hotel, why, why can't you do hotel it? to the ground? Yeah, you just book out the hotel, which I mean, most FAs will be able to do. And then that's it, isn't it? And there's probably going to be two games, so I don't. I, I'm not sure. Normally, what happens? Obviously, they'll go to they'll go on. Um, they'll fly to Brazil and play the first game normally it's either on the, the Friday or the Thursday of, or maybe even the Saturday of the first week and then there's another game obviously in the week the week after normally on the Wednesday but if, if that's the case and the players fly back maybe Thursday get back to get back to Liverpool on, on the on the Friday then they'll they might have to self-isolate 10 days I'm not sure who it is I mean obviously that, and that's that's assuming that you've uh, convinced Mason Greenwood and, and flowed into to uh, delete Snapchat as well <laughs> So yeah, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, not, obviously there's a, there's a blacklist to, to fly to Brazil at the minute, so I don't know how the Liverpool players will get around it. Well, in the Champions League, a lot of teams ended up just playing a home game in a different country, didn't they? Well, was we, it, was it, was it the Spanish teams have to play. We played both games. Yeah. We, played, we played both games in Budapest. Yeah, why did that? Because uh, we can't because, go to Germany. Because Leipzig can't come to us, and we couldn't go to Leipzig. Oh. But, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, so I don't, so I don't, and I, I'm assuming that there's other players are going to, whether it be, I don't know, um, I don't know if there's, I'm assuming there's African qualifiers as well. I'm assuming it's a whole international break, so there'll be a lot of players that will be flying here, there, and everywhere. And the first weekend back could be, I mean, could be a complete write off for, um, for Liverpool, especially the goalkeeper and the and Fabinho and. I mean, not so much for me. No, he, he probably isn't. He probably isn't going to start at the minute. But if those three can't play, then it becomes a bit of a, a bit of an issue. But getting back to the the point you made before, I mean, we've got three. Uh, Liverpool have got three weeks off now. We don't play till the fourth of April, I think it is, or whatever it is. So we've um, it's another three weeks, and we'll wait and see. And um, we probably need to win. I mean, it, it's whether we can claw five points back from uh, from Chelsea and, and kind of wait and see what happens to. What happens to West Ham? I'm not. I'm not convinced that Chelsea are going to drop another five points. But then, didn't they? Didn't they lose this weekend? Didn't they get beat? Didn't burn the beaten this weekend or something? So, I don't know. It's. It's. Um... I mean, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea struggling to score, aren't they? Really, that's their. They're keeping clean sheets, but struggling to score. So, if you can be resolute against them, then you've got a chance to get a point off Chelsea. But yeah, it's. I mean, you just are quite a long way back now. Surprisingly. I mean, I remember doing podcasts at the start of the season. I remember actually saying, I don't think a Ferran Torres for City will get you anywhere near Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. How wrong How wrong could I have been when you consider how the season panned out? It's, it's been a weird, weird year, hasn't it? So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it'll be a big, it will be a big summer. I don't, I don't, I know you mentioned about, obviously, um, Joachim Lowe's done a go. I don't think I don't think Klopp's going to leave. I think he probably want. I think he'll probably want next season at least just to kind of go out. Maybe go out on a high. I don't know. I think his contract runs out in twenty three or twenty four. I think I think that might be it. I think he might stay and that might be it. He might decide that he doesn't want to. Well, he's he said to he said today, hasn't he? That um, he was asked about the prospects of no Champions League football. And he he said basically that he means that his Liverpool team will be well rested, which should be a worry for every team in the Premier League. 
well, it was what was it the was it last the last season when they went on that? Um, obviously, before the kind of capitulation after we came back from COVID, but they could play the same team every every every, every game, and there was like they like so they had no midweek rest. So I don't know. I, I mean, every t- there's no doubt. Like, I had I don't want to not be in the Champions League. Like the the games that we played in there in, in in the recent years, it's a tournament, the only bloody cup tournament that we seem to do any well in. Um, so you wouldn't want to be out of there. I don't necessarily think you'd, you'd want to be in the Europa League, but I mean, it's a chance for hey. a shot. Yeah, I mean, the I'm not. I'm I'm. That's just not. He, he won't. He won't want to be in the Europa League. He just won't. He won't want to be. But if we are, we are. I'm not going to grumble. At, we finish fifth, and we've got European football. Then we've got fifth in European football. I'm not. Not going to grumble. The season that we've had, considering where we were, the fact that we're even even talking about with I think what we've got nine games to go that we might potentially still have a chance of a top four or we're only five points off I mean the last time we went on this running whenever it was when we drew against um, when we drew against West Brom I think we had I think we had 35 points we're only up 42 points it's been three months 46 points it's been three months like eight points in three months so I don't know I mean this I think it's just a case of just salvaging a bit of pride I think playing for um, oh, well, I think the uh, the stat was going around that um, Chris Wilder had picked up more points, haven't they, in the last couple of months? I think everybody, I think everybody has. I think when Fulham came to Liverpool, they before even before they beat us, they played, they'd um, they'd picked up more points than than we had recently. Um, so, I, like I said, it's just he, he put all his eggs in the in the basket in the Fulham game for for beating Leipzig, and, and like I said, we we played really well. We we played really well in the in the first game. We were a bit we were a little bit lucky in, in both games. So, I don't think in the first game Leipzig missed a lot of chances. In the second game, they just weren't they weren't the same Leipzig team as they were in the first round. I mean, I'd love to draw. I mean, I probably um, I probably jinxed it, but we seem to play Porto every year in the Champions League. So, I mean, if we're lucky enough to draw Porto, and and we'll kind of see where we go where we go from from there in the Champions League, and we'll and we'll see what that brings. But um, I don't know if anybody's going to be back in, in three weeks. I, I don't I don't probably think so. I mean, it's, as much as it's a rest for everybody, everybody's flying around the world. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see and, and take each game as it goes. But um, like I said, even the the hope of getting into uh, top four, I can't see. I can't see Leicester falling away. I think you, you've got fifty-seven points, haven't you? Leicester have got fifty-six. Yeah, we're only a point ahead of Leicester. Yeah, I can't remember the exact. Yeah, so we, I mean, even like, even even if Leicester lost a couple of games, it'd still be on fifty points, and that would that would mean that we'd still have we'd still have to win games. I mean, with Saturday talking, we've lost six our last six home games. So I mean, whenever we next play Anfield, which I, I, I don't know if that's the next game, and I don't know, then we've got to we've got to score, we've got to we've got to win a we've got to win a home game. I mean, it was only the game on Monday night where we'd scored in the first half in twelve games. That was only so, just as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's just one of them things. It's just been a bit of a nightmare season but you've got to you've got to try and salvage as much as you can out of it and I mean what you have to say with the season so if we end up being if we end up in the Champions League places with the last four three or four months that we've had it's just it's just it's just incredible really yeah should we quickly move on to the cricket I mean we mentioned Chris Wilder should we just that was was one of the bigger news stories that happened so what do you think will happen to Sheffield United now Chris Wilder's left side? Well, I mean, they're going to go down, aren't they? And um, I suppose in a way, it's a kind of case of who's the best person to, to bring them back up again next year. I think Nor- it looks like Norwich are going to bounce straight. They they stuck with their manager who took them down and it looks like they're going to bounce straight back up again. You do look at it and think, oh, I'll tell you, he'd be the perfect manager for Sheffield United. Chris Wilder. <laughs> and you know, I'm not sure who they're going to get in. Who, who is it that's taken over? Is it just like the assistant manager, or is it Paul? Is it Paul Heckingbottom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The assistant manager just just, just seems to have it to the end of the season. I can see sort of from the owner's perspective, you can sort of see how you know they spent money last summer and they've got worse. But I'm not sure this is this is the answer. In a way, you know, obviously, it never happened. You kind of feel like the perfect thing would be. For Chris Wilder just to have a few months off, recharge his batches and come back in in the summer, wouldn't it? But obviously that won't happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you? How do you see it playing out? Uh, well, I just think they'll they'll drop and won't come back. I mean, you got to think where Chris Wilder took them. Like they're in League One, weren't they? When he took over, yeah. And he's what is it? Five years and he's brought them up to the Premier League. And what a season they had last season! 
And I mean, to be honest, that was probably to be downfall now, what happened last season. Yeah. Because the expectations suddenly got gone through the this, roof. And I can't remember the last thing this happened with, though, because normally they, you would do almost what West Brom did and go early, bring an Allardyce-type character in, and either they more often than not, they'd get out of trouble. But I can't remember, other, with, with the exception of probably Norwich last year, who've kept their who kept their manager and uh, to be fair a, a few have kept them but not none have really sacked them this kind of late in the season knowing that they're already going to be that they're already going to be relegated unless they've like, like I said unless you've got somebody else unless they've unless he's had a massive disagreement and it's kind of it's untenable that he actually can stay there well but I not, think that what, I um, think that is the thing for him because I think there's been a lot of lot of things where Wilder's wanted to do things and he hasn't been allowed or he's He's done things and then the board, like you say, he's spent money on Ryan Brewster and then he's not really had the return from it. So the board have then kind of said, well, look at what you've last done. So we're not going to give you any money. So I think there has been a bit of backroom stuff. So Cheesy, what uh, what level of job do you think Chris Wilder will walk into next? You know what I thought you were going to ask? Seriously, seriously I thought you were going to ask. Chris Wilder going to take over at Liverpool. No, I thought you were going to say, what, what level did you walk in at, at TK Maxx? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to ask him that, as if he, would he be a floor supervisor or would he work on the tills? <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, I'd have him in my team, Eddie. I'd have him in my team every day of the week. A doggy, a doggy what? what? But did you really? Because, I mean, he likes to rearrange things. <laughs> He's spot back well. I mean, if you're perfect. Can you have the, the inverted uh, close rails? Hey. <laughs> It bring it bring yeah. ideas. What can I say? It bring ideas. I honestly genuinely didn't see past any other end to that question. <laughs> <laughs> can 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 teach can teach anybody retail. Don't, don't you worry about that. He'll be absolutely fine if he wants a job. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I, a lot of it was there's, there's normally the championship merry-go-round, isn't there? Is that kind of that will happen? Um, in the summer, no doubt, when um, teams don't do as um, some teams either don't make the playoffs or, or players will go. I mean, you could almost see him probably at, at maybe at some, oh, maybe not Derby, but a, a team almost like Derby that have got that have probably got a little bit of money, um, that have the chance of going up. Um, I think the, I, I can, he's either he's either never going to get a Premier League job again, or he'll get something like Newcastle if they stay up. Or I mean, he's been. Linked to the Celtic job as well, haven't you? Yeah, there is that. I suppose there's always the there's always the, the link to that. Celtic have not filled that yet. I don't know. I'm not sure who's looking. I know Lennon is no. gone. But... Do you think he's above uh, or below Eddie Howe in managerial pecking order? Uh, below, definitely. I just think. Well, how how did Bournemouth for a few seasons in the Premier League, didn't they? And they actually played some nice football. So he's 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 probably got that in his sleeve for a bigger club. Whereas I know Sheffield United, they were lauded last season, but they've been you could you could almost argue the one season wonders, couldn't you? And then But I mean but Bournemouth, I mean the one thing that I will say for Chris Wilder is that at the back end of last season when we, when it came down to the crunch, they were all four wins away from Champions League. At one point it was a case of when United were going for that fourth spot, it was a case of Sheffield United had a game in hand. I think if they'd have won the game in hand, they'd have gone above United. That's literally we're talking like four games from Champions League to almost this season. Have they got ten points yet? Well, I mean, you could almost argue as well that if the uh, if the goal line technology been working against Aston Villa, because that was against Sheffield yeah. United as well, wasn't it? So they they lost two points because of that game, didn't they? But it all started to unravel. Mm. So I don't I don't know, but I, yeah, I think I think I think obviously Scotland's a um, a chance for a chance for a while, especially the the, the Celtic job. I, I I don't know. He, he, I could see him winding up at Forest at some point. It depends where he kind of ends up. And I kind of felt like when maybe he went get to, the, when maybe he, get the Rangers job when Gerard takes over from Pop in the summer. Maybe maybe. You <laughs> uh, might get him in the, you might get him in the Europa League. Yeah, that should be right. fun. Anyway, so I was I, but this time last week I text you two saying Ant Coley been crap against England this winter. Yeah. <laughs> that, He's not stopped since. Has that changed, Simon? I mean, <laughs> can, you, can you not send one this week saying Tuchel's going to get manager of the year? 
I think he scored 70 in the last two matches. Uh, England, I think they've had three T20s against India so far. The team that's batted seconds won every time. And England, so England are two one up, and Josh Butler scored some runs the other day. So yeah, I think I'm not sure when the next one is. Um, it's quite, but, yeah. They're all quite, the down, but, yeah. a couple of days. There's only a couple of days difference in between. Probably yeah. tomorrow, I think. Yeah, and they've stopped having fans. They had fans originally, but they've uh, they've now they've now got rid of the fans. I think there's been a few more COVID cases, but the biggest uh, one of the well, I don't know, not biggest, but one of the stories to come out was the uh, what was was it at. I'm I'm a bad I'm 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 a bad yeah. So they uh for they hosted the two day test didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. and they're not going to receive any sanctions because they're refing the pitch as average, didn't they? So that they'll they'll they're still going to keep their there'll be no no kind of they get points, don't they? Test test grounds. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be, they'll be deducted no points based on the the state of the pitch, which seems. A little bizarre, considering a test can be over in two days, and every every, yeah, every single came out straight after that test match and said that, said it was fine. It was just bad batting. I mean, the fact that the Indians have been a bit of a, a close ranks from the Indians on. I mean, there is that, but even <laughs> the Indians were getting out to our spin, which hasn't been great. This exactly, yeah. So there must have been something going on with the pitch, but yeah, that was that was I, one thing that me... doesn't always make it bounce. So. Yeah, I think I think if it, I think if India would have lost that test, I think that it might have been. It, it might have, there might have been probably a little bit more made about it, or if England had won the first two and then we'd have gone there and then it had been a complete capitulation as it was, then it might have been. But because we lost the second test and we didn't we didn't fare much better in in the fourth test either. I think it was just oh well, England were just bad at at, at batting, but not not in uh, not in not in T Twenty Simon. No, absolutely smashing it, and so much strength in depth as well. You know, let's talk about. You know, someone like someone like Alex Hales can't even get in the team. Joe Root actually wants to play T Twenty, but he just can't get in the team. And you know, Josh Butler played really well. Jason Roy's found form again. Um, David Milan's currently the world. I think David Milan's place is a bit under threat actually, but he's currently the world number one T uh, Twenty batsman. Johnny Bairstow's playing well. I think Owen Morgan comes in at like number six. So yeah, I just in terms of strength and depth with batting, you know, this England one day to England limited overs team is it's sort of definitely the strongest that England have ever had and probably one of the strongest that there ever really has been. So as much as the T twenty is going very well and there's no concerns, following the India Test series defeat, are there concerns for England moving forward? And the, one of the big things is about um wasn't the talk about rotating even for the ashes in the winter? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure what will happen. Surely they can't rotate for an Ashes away. But, I mean, the thing is, when, what, this summer back in England, you know, the conditions will suit us a bit more. Suddenly people like Chris Wokes look like world beaters. And, yeah, I think I think we'll be fine in England. Um, I think the sort of the, the challenge will be when we go away to Australia in the, in the winter after the T20 World Cup. And, you know, really we'll need to have Joffre Archer, probably Mark Wood, fit and firing for as many of those test matches as possible. And then I don't know where they go, but, you know, and then whenever we next go to a country like one of these, like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, places where it's trial by spin, I'm not sure there's any real solution to the fact that our batsmen can't bat against spin and we're not very good at producing spin bowlers. For test match cricket, so I, I, I'm not sure how you solve that problem. I know, I know. So every time we go away, that I, that is the issue. I know how cheesy would solve it. It teach Ben Stokes how to spin as well. Well, so he I, could I, I, mean, I, I suppose um, Joe Root said that he, can, he, ball, he can spin he can the, spin the ball. I, there was a, well, after after that. I think it was after the first test or after. Um, after Joe Root got his five for eight or whatever it was, that was what the commentator said something about Ben Stokes, and he said, "Oh yeah, Ben Stokes can ball off off, off spin as well." I was like, "There we go." I thought if I could have, <laughs> I could have captured that comment and put it back on here, I thought I, I thought would have done. Um, I think I think the big thing, the big difference, and we we I'd said this about even like Johnny Bairstow, like the batting lineup for the T Twenty, you can almost you know what the, the what the top six is going to be, but I mean. Sam, if you were to play a test match tomorrow, how, what on earth would be England's top six lineup? Oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't really know. I mean, it depends where you're playing. But um, 
you know, I think someone like Rory Burns was kind of dropped, but I think he'll come back in. I think Johnny Bairstow, interestingly, I think his test match career is is really in trouble. I'm not sure he's anywhere near the test match team after I think he got three ducks in those last two test matches. So I think it'll be a while until, barring injuries, I think it'll be a while until we see him again in test match cricket. It's the big concern, presuming, I don't pay much attention to it, but it's a big concern there's no one really at county level that's actually pulling up trees there. Well, so the the problem is that basically the English summer isn't very long. And so what they end up doing is the county, county season starts pretty soon. And then they play all the four-day first-class matches. They get played right at the start when it's often basically winter and right at the end when the pitches that have been played on so all summer have basically disintegrated. So it's like the not good times to be playing cricket. I mean, I, you might remember, obviously, I didn't play cricket last summer, <laughs> but the summer before, oh. I, I hit my first 50 right at the start of the season. How, how could I forget, Simon? Only the great batsmen can do that. I mean, still, a, it's, still, a, it's, a, it's a tough time. It's still, on the, play still on these nights when me and Claire are struggling for something to do, I'll say, do you want me to recount the time when Claire hit a 50? <laughs> And I do the con- got- I do the condensed version, so that only takes me three hours compared to your five that you focus through. I mean, I've, I've still got you. I've still got your picture signed in my downstairs toilet, Simon. It reminds me of the time I got to the toilet. And these, I mean, these. I'm, recently on TikTok, they keep putting these big long videos up and keep framing them up in like part one, part eight, part nine. I mean, you're on there all the time. Every five, every every five flicks, there's a, a Simon's best of fifty well, part. part I- I heard that uh, TikTok hasn't got enough server space to accommodate the full story. <laughs> yeah. So this part, this part's, this part's missing. <laughs> They've had to rename it Man Talk. <laughs> so, yeah, well, very few players can, can score runs in those conditions. Uh, well, uh, to tell you a story to distract away from the England. I, so I emailed Presswich Cricket Club, which I now live very near to. Ask, I emailed them last summer, and they never got back to me. I emailed them again last week, and they did get back to me. And the guy was like, um, well, basically, our first and second team train on a Tuesday night, our third and fourth team train on a Thursday night. What level have you played at recently? So I told him what level I played at. And he was like training for these Thursday nights. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even look at me yet, mate. <laughs> Just wait until I'm regaled by 50, Sora. It's only because I couldn't be bothered typing out the story. Of when I let the, the, the actual good ball and just whistle past my edge because I couldn't get anywhere near him. You'd be like a pool shark, though, wouldn't you? You're just like a cricket shark. You just come in and just like, oh, I'm not, not very good at cricket. And then you go, 50 and a 5 for him one game. Your first Did you game. Know, well, big pressure. When I first, when I those first, first training session, I got, I'm, I'm going to feel a bit of pressure. Did you not say to him, you should stick me in the first because no matter how hard I try, I'll never nick one because I can't get anywhere near it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Best, I could learn from me. <laughs> if, you need a, if you need a Jack Leach role, I'm your man. No runs can stick the overs out. <laughs> When I was seeing those balls turn so much in that test match, I was thinking I'd be fine. I'd get nowhere near. <laughs> I struggle to win the ones that say straight. At <laughs> a, a, a slow to medium pace. So. <laughs> <laughs> those ones that are ripping. No, no, don't, don't worry about that. I really struggle with a nice, gentle pace, consistent <laughs> bounce on a line. <laughs> That I, that I have to defend. They're the ones that really. <laughs> well, when, when you uh, when we meet up after the after the twenty ninth, if you if you bring your if, you, if you've got a cricket ball, Sam, if you bring it, I'll show you how you can ball fast pace and off off spin at the same time. Not necessarily in the same <laughs> ball, but maybe in the same over, three of each. Mm. Is there anything else? Uh, I don't believe so. No, look at that. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you both again. That is record time for us, isn't it? Is indeed. Yeah. Right. Well, enjoy your weeks and hopefully see you in a couple. See you soon. Yeah, see you soon. See you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.